Hey everyone, I'm Shaz Jones, your host of Bible Hacks, and we're all about hacking the Bible to boost your business God's way. I am thrilled to join, um, announce that I've got a guest today, and Dewan, welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself, please? Absolutely. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. As you stated, my name is Minister Dewan Bell, but I go by the Hope Man, not to be confused with the Dope Man. And hope is an acronym because I want to help others as well as ourselves prepare for eternity. And I could kind of get more into why that is, but I am the hope man, not to be confused with the dope man. So thank you. It's a blessing to be here. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. The hope man, not the dope man. Why is hope important to you? Well, the Bible says that hope is the very thing that we need to have our focus aligned with our purpose. And it's a confident expectation by definition. So when we have faith in God, or if you just have faith to accomplish the things that you wanna accomplish or be successful in life, you have to have hope because hope is a confident expectation. If you're not confident and expecting things to work out positively for you, you're not gonna be very motivated to pursue those things. So. I think hope yeah. is the foundation of, of faith, yeah. So what, you kind of defined it then, I guess. Um, is that what hope means, a confident expectation, or what does it mean to you? Well, yeah, by very definition, biblically, hope is a confident expectation. Okay. And that's exactly what it means for me, and that's why I wanted to embody that, and I wanted to take that and share that message everywhere that I go. And I just used it, to kind of break it down, the word in and of itself into an acronym. And like I said, for me, I've, I've stretched it to mean helping others prepare and helping ourselves prepare for eternity because that's like the destination of us all. Uh, okay. It looks like I've lost to one. <laughs> so I'll, um, I'll, I'll share my favorite verse on hope and hopefully we can get Dewan back um I've got two actually I'm going to share one it's from the amplified version of Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12 and it says return to the stronghold of security and prosperity you prisoners of hope even today do I declare, this is God speaking, that I will restore double your former prosperity to you. And one version says two blessings for every trouble. And I love that. And it says today that he'll restore that today. He will pay today, one version says, double. And so I really like that. That's, that's one of the things that hope can do it can restore us to our former prosperity so when we have that confident expectation that's what we can expect that is our confident expectation <laughs> so I hope that helps um looks like Dewan is back with us Dewan you're back with us we lost you for a minute uh, uh, internet stuff. I'm so sorry. I 
No problem. Wow. I was just sharing my favourite, one of my favourite scriptures on hope, um, which is from Zechariah 9, verse 12. Return to the stronghold of security and prosperity, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare, says God, that I'll restore double your former prosperity to you. That's that's a good confident expectation to have, isn't it? Yeah, that's a great one. I love that one. And one of mine, if I could share as well, just to add to that, is from yeah. the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11, where God says that he promises to give you, he says, I know the thoughts, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts to give you a future and a hope, thoughts of good and not of evil. So that's one of the ones that I think about all the time. And I try to share that with people as well, especially people who have made not really embrace the Bible or embrace the faith yet. I just let them to know that, hey, there's a God that loves you and he wants to see the best for you. And he has an expectation for you and a hope that is beneficial to your life, not the opposite. So usually people can receive that message pretty well. Yeah, I like that. So is that your favorite verse on hope, Jeremiah 29, 11? There's so many, but yeah, that one is probably like the foundation of one that I kind of think about all the time during those hard days or, you know, as we pursue things, we may not see much progress in it. You just think about that and say, well, the Lord did promise me that he has good thoughts towards me. He has a confident end to all of this and he gave me these desires, not myself. So I'll just continue to pursue them and wait to see that hope come to fruition. So. Yeah, that's good. And you touched on desire there. What does desire do for hope? How do those two work together? Is desire the same as a hope or how do you see those two things? Oh, that's a great question. So I would actually just separate them slightly, although they are very similar. But the hope obviously is the confident expectation. So you're confident about what it is that you have an expectation of, but I'd say the desire is actually the starting point of it. You have to have the desire to begin with. Desire is kind of like the seed that goes into the ground or yeah. you putting the seed in the ground. You, you're desiring something, which is why you're putting the seed in the ground. The hope is that you're confident that that seed that's now in the ground, if you nourish it, if you water it, if you give it proper sunlight, if you care for it properly, that you hope confidently, have a confident expectation that it's going to grow into the thing that you desired to begin with. So, Well, that's good. Yeah, because Jesus said, like, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you'll receive them. So desire is like the starting point for prayer, really. And then, as you said, that kind of grows your hope, your confident expectation. That's, that's good. I like that. Thank you. And you said prayer is the, the number one factor to all of it, right? It's that communication constantly with the creator, with God, to keep you on track and to always check in to make sure that you're doing the things you're supposed to do and also to receive because prayer is a two-way communication. You're communicating things to God and he's communicating things back to you. So prayer is the key to all of it. So I'm happy that you said that. Amen to that. Now, <laughs> we've got yeah. business people listening to us, entrepreneurs, speakers, those kind of people. How does hope play a part in business or does it play a part in business? 
I would say so. And regardless of your spiritual connections or, or your religious background or belief system, the fact that you are an entrepreneur, you are in business, you have to have faith, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So you, as an entrepreneur, you have a vision in your mind. And when you want to create a business that starts in your thoughts first, you have a vision for the world. You see a problem that you want to fix. You want to become your own boss or you want to control your income. You want to spend more time with your family or just doing the things that you want to do. You have a vision and a desire going back to that, right? Yeah. You have a desire and you have a vision based on that desire. So you have to have hope in order to constantly pursue the vision. You have to have a level of faith because you haven't seen all of the things that you want to materialize or to come to fruition. You haven't yet touched them. They're not tangible in your life yet. You may have seen some success. You may start to see things work out. Depending on which level of business you are, you might've had great accomplishments, great success. You might've seen many things come to fruition that you visualized at one point. But that's the thing. At one point, although you can look around and see these things now, uh, you can see these things now, but at one point, it was only a vision. It was only a thought. It was only a dream. It was only a desire. And you hoped that it would become what it is today. So, yeah, you have to have that. Absolutely. So how do we get more confident or more expectant? Have you got any tips to help us be hopeful? Absolutely. Well, you like I said, prayer for those that believe in that kind of thing. If you don't, you meditate and kind of tap in with your inner self. It will help strengthen your heart and your mind to align together. And you'll see things, you'll have visions that are crafted in those moments to help you be more confident and be more excited about the vision that you have in your mind, you know, visualization, I'm big on that. I pray and meditate and there's a difference, but I do both. So there's that piece. And then there's the physical actually doing. You have okay. to get into the rhythm and the habit of actually doing, putting things into practice and doing those things. And as you do, and you do, you take massive action, you'll start to see where the, last thing I did led to the next thing. And then I saw this door open. I saw this sale come in. I, I met this prospect. I connected with this person and added to my network. I made this phone call that led to the next one. And that will grow your expectation. You'll Because it's a positive expectation that you have to have. So when you see results and don't forsake the smallest of, of a result, like for you to pick up a phone and call a potential client or prospect or whatever it may be, Sometimes that's very nerve wracking and you really don't want to do it. Right. But when you do that, celebrate that. I made the call. If they pick up and they schedule an appointment with you, celebrate that because it's going to continue to add to your confidence and build you up so that you're like, wow, this does work. And, you know, because you're going to get so many, so much opposition, so many calls that don't pick up, so many people that hang up the phone in your face or whatever <laughs> that may be, but you're going to have, and, and sometimes that well, usually it's the negative feedback that we get when we set out on these journeys that cause most people to quit. So right. you need that hope. You need that confident expectation to overcome all that. And it starts again with conditioning the mind, which I think prayer and meditation and having conversations like this, all of that helps with the conditioning, but then it's the action and the massive 
of action. And when you do have any measure of success, you know, the Bible says all it takes is faith is the size of a mustard seed and you can move a mountain. So when you have any measure of success, you may look at it as insignificant, but it's not. Just take a moment, jot that down, pick up phone call, great. And the next one's going to pick up the phone call and let that continue to build to your confident expectation. So That's so encouraging, Joanne, because you're right. You know, hope can stop us even from quitting altogether and just giving up. You don't want that. So, and I love that you said it's action, taking action that that really helps us build our hope. Your friend and mine, Eileen Wilder, says it this way, confidence comes from competence. So the more you practice something, the more your confidence grows and and like you said all of those little success things along the way I'm really curious you mentioned there's a difference between prayer and meditation and you do both how do you see the difference between those two well prayer like I said a bit earlier is an act of communication where you are communicating things to God and you're talking you are telling him a about your desires, you're telling him about the things that you want to do, the things you want to accomplish, struggles that you may be having internally, the way you feel about things. You're praying for elements that are outside of your control, like protection for you and your loved ones and all of you know these types of things. You're actually giving praises in prayer and worship. It's a form of worship when you pray. So you're giving thanks and exaltations to God, which is a good thing that we should all do. Again, whatever you believe about religion and spirituality, it would you would have to adjust that accordingly. But from a biblical worldview, this is something that we're commanded to do. And you see the benefit of it for yourself when you do pray. So there's that piece where it's an act of communication, just as we're communicating now. Meditation is more of you being in silence and really dwelling on things and really going deep into thought and allowing thoughts to come to you. You, you want to get really quiet and really clear. You can have guided meditations as well, where you may have some form of music playing or even someone speaking to you to kind of guide your meditation, which is okay as well. But ultimately, whether you're in complete silence or you're in a guided meditation, the, the, the goal is to get you into such a deep subconscious thought where you actually are tapping into different brain waves and you're going into these different types of, you know, they talk about like the theta mind, the alpha mind, the beta mind, and all these different levels of, of your consciousness and subconsciousness. So there's a difference to that where you're, you're really looking to really tap into what's going on internally and what has been communicated really from the world around you and the universe as to where prayer, you're going on a higher plane uh, to the creator of the universe and there's an open communication there, so. I like that. So so prayer is like the conversation with God. Meditation is really a conversation with your own thoughts, your own consciousness. That's a good distinction. Okay, now I'm curious, how did you learn to be hopeful how did you were you born just full of hope or did something happen to build your hope well that's another great question uh, was I born hopeful absolutely not I come from a pretty rough background as one would say I'm 
was originally from South, uh, excuse me, South Central Los Angeles, California. And, you know, it's everything you may think about South Central Los Angeles, if you've ever seen like movies where they portray like the culture of like the urban culture, you know, the whole gang thing. Is that where Compton is? It's a, so that's a sub, uh, it's a city within South, so it's South Central and then Compton is, is adjacent. It's like, okay. you just take a quick trip and you're in Compton. So yeah, that idea, most people think about Compton who've never visited LA, but you might've seen the movies that, you know, show all the violence and the crime. And yeah. that's where I grew up in, right? Wow. That, that was my, my surroundings, my environment, my reality. And it doesn't sound I, full of hope. No, it wasn't hopeful at all. There was not much hope around me. No, not absolutely not. And then, especially considering, you know, personally, even though that was my environment, I probably had a less reasons to be hopeful, just given the fact that, like, my parents were deceased, and by the time I was twelve years old, oh, right? Oh, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so you know, you know part of life is death. Mm. That's why I'm helping others prepare for eternity. But. Uh, yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you. But yeah, so just looking around, I didn't have many reasons to be hopeful. So no, this is something that I didn't grow up uh, with. It wasn't something that I was like raised in or trained in. It's something that kind of came to me later on in life and it changed everything for me. So because of that, I, like I said, I wanted to embody that message and take it wherever I go because I know there's people who will be in either, maybe not so much in the position that I was in but there are people who are in that same position and worse and then there's people who may not be in that bad of an environment but all of us at whatever level you find yourself we're going to go through difficult moments in life mm. and my philosophy is that the one thing that's universal to us all that can help us all pull us out and get us higher is hope so so uh, if people are listening right now and they are actually in a unhopeful situation or unhopeful environment right now you mentioned it came to you later in life what happened what can you tell someone who's in that situation today to build their hope well you have to again go back to what we kind of talked about a little bit is a desire right it starts okay. with a desire because that's what it how it started for me Although my environment was what it was, everything around me was against me in some way or another. Even though at the time, I might have not viewed it that way. I might have thought that this was the place for me. But at a point, it got to the reality of I could not survive very much longer in the current state that I was in. So my desire was to get out of it. I had to have a desire first to want to do something different, to want to make a change, to want to change my circumstances. So it started with that desire. When I put that desire out, and for me, it was in the form of a prayer. It was an aimless prayer because at the time I didn't really know who or what I was even praying to, but I was hoping that there was something. So it was a desire that led to the hope of hoping that there was something outside of myself that could hear my prayer and that could answer it and help me. So I had the desire to want to make a change, realizing that I couldn't survive. I could have no longevity in the state that I was in. And with that desire, I put it into the form of a prayer, which was an action, right? I took action on my desire and I was met with an answer to that prayer. And for there, that's where the hope for me, it, it was birthed. And then it, it turned into faith and then it just grew from there. So. 
So was there one person or one event that kind of changed things for you or was it a slower kind of journey? It's been a journey, definitely, uh, but it was one individual that really made a significant impact when I needed it the most. So at the time, like I said, I prayed that prayer and the way that it was answered was in the form of a person. Uh, okay. Someone who I had known for many years growing up up until that point, pretty much all my life, just like family to me. What it was is that she had gone away after the passing of my mother. And I really had nobody in my life like they cared or I could turn to for guidance or help. You know, I was I was really living out as, a, as an adolescent. I was like living out in the world by myself, literally. And mm. with that. Once I prayed that prayer, she, her name was Sheree. She just kind of did like a wellness check because she hadn't heard from me in, at this time about two years. And she was really close with my mother before she passed. So she just got the idea, coincidentally, to just check in on me. And she somehow found me and she asked around, around the neighborhood that I was in, where could I possibly be? And she found me. And when she found me, she was completely different from what I had remembered her to be before I had last seen her. Like everything way? about her changed. Every way. Like oh. everything about her changed <laughs> from 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 the way that she dressed, from the way that she spoke, she, her mannerisms, uh, the way she carried herself, uh, the music she listened to, the like the habits she had like changed her habits completely. The people she was around had changed. I mean, in every way you can think imaginable, she was different. That sparked my curiosity. I said, what, you know, what happened to you? What did and happen to her? I'm curious too. <laughs> <laughs> well, for her, it was a spiritual awakening where, okay. you know, she got in contact with God, her creator, and she had surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. Wonderful. And from there she went, yeah, she, you know, got the faith of the Lord and was born again and gave her life to the Lord and walked down the path that she felt was the desired purpose that God had for her. And with that, it caused everything to change for her. So for me, just seeing that was like, wow, you know, I because she came from a very similar, if not worse in some ways, background that I did. Right. And I remembered that. I remembered that about her. So when I saw her again, she was literally like the physical embodiment of the desire that I had, oh. that I was looking outside of this, the circumstance that I was in, the environment that I was in, but I didn't know where to start. I didn't know who to turn to. And she shows up into my experience, into my environment. And she's like a, a, a living representative of the thing that I felt I needed to become. Okay. So that's how that happened. Yeah. And how did how did you start? If someone's listening now and they want to start into this journey of hope, what's one thing that they can do maybe today or this weekend or this week? How can they take some action to grow in hope? Well, depending on which like I guess genre you're in or you're looking because there's different perspectives, right? So like for me, the biggest shift happened spiritually first. 
right. which kind of then trickled down and led to then everything, right? Entrepreneurship, family, being just a productive citizen in the world, education, everything. Like that was my starting point. So depending on where you're at, it's going to vary a little bit. But what I can offer that should work universally and even taking from my story is find someone that looks like where you want to go, who you want to become, what you want to be, what you want to do. Find someone that's doing it. Mm-hmm. Find someone that's already there, a mentor, essentially. Someone that you can look at and say, wow, you're the real deal. You're doing, even in this, right? We met by being on the journey and finding Eileen Wilder, yeah. right? So she was the physical embodiment of that speaker, of that influencer, of that figure that we ultimately want to become. So we connected together, being on the journey, looking to her as that representative. So same thing for anybody listening to this, just like it has been proven for me in my life in one of the worst, I mean, you know, most detrimental experiences you can think about where there is no hope, there is no positivity, there's no light, really. You would think like, you're not going to make it out of this alive because that's how I thought about it. Mm. But there was hope. There was hope. And that hope came in the form of a person who was a living, breathing example of what it was that I needed to become. So I think that we can all take from that and look to that and say, hey, who's doing what it is that I am striving for, that I'm hoping for, that I envision for myself? Find that person. And if you can trust them, then glean from them. Take everything that they have to offer and and you put it into action and then watch the results work and that'll grow your hope definitely that's awesome because that's exactly what jesus did didn't he He went around and said follow me like he just showed them how to live life by living life and invited people just follow me so i love that you said that what what would stop people what are some of the enemies of hope if you like or or what sort of things can prevent people from being as hopeful as they could be number one enemy against us all is fear number one wow biggest enemy is fear and that's what robs most of us of the joys in life that we want to see in our lives it robs us of living out the purpose in which we just feel in our hearts that we're called to embody and to become. It robs us of all the success that we would accomplish if we were to overcome the fear and just remove it from us and just take action without the thought of fear, just complete faith. And again, hope, because hope is an antidote to fear. If I'm confidently expecting this thing to become a reality in my life, whether that's relationship, business, spirituality, money, whatever it is, health, whatever it is, if I'm confident in expecting it, if I'm confident about that expectation, I'm not going to allow fear to stop me. But fear is always going to be the opposition that we run into when we initially set out on these journeys. It's going to be huge, you know, and that's the number one reason why people don't move forward. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, how am I going to be perceived? How am I going to be received? If I start, it's going to be these things that I just, I don't have the ability to do. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't, we tell ourselves that we, we listen to the voice of fear that tells us we don't, we don't, we don't, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
when again that hope that confident expectation is telling you don't have the faith to do and just to go and you'll see the result but you have it you can't put the cart before the horse and oftentimes it's fear that cripples us from even trying at all so yeah i i had someone say that the bible mentions fear not 365 times like there's one fear not every day <laughs> so yep. it's something we've obviously got to remind ourselves every day that the bible's reminding us 365 times to fear yes. not so I, I imagine that's because it is the number one enemy i think wasn't there an american president i don't know if it was roosevelt or wilson or one of them said that um the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It's fear itself. That's right. I believe that was Roosevelt <laughs> or, or Grant, one of them. But yeah, that's that, yeah, the real, yeah, absolutely. I would agree. That and, I, I, and because there's so much fear, like other voices, especially media, you know, news is not good news these days. <laughs> um, there's lots of voices of fear, isn't there? You've really got to, I guess, have a diet where you just don't indulge some voices because it won't feed your hope, will it? <laughs> Not at all. And it's all around us. That's what I'm saying. It's the biggest monster. Like we could talk about other things that will contribute to you not having hope and not having the confidence and the faith to move forward and not expecting things to work out for you. But again, I believe anyway, whatever we talk about is those other you know in, those other entities or instances that we can refer to whatever they may be ideas or whatever at the root of it it's going to be fear and because you're looking at these things and you're looking at whatever it may be you may say okay well i don't have the money to do something okay well at the root of that it's not really about you not having the money it's that you fear that if you try or if you start because there's something you can do whatever it is that you want to do there's something that you can do without money to start the ball rolling, so to speak, but you fear that eventually the lack of money or the lack of resources is going to be the thing that stops you. So rather than you take action at all, rather than you think, well, who do I know that maybe I can, you know, get maybe a loan from, even though that may not be a part of your character personality, maybe a more of a, I'm, I stand on my own kind of person, you know, that's something that I had to really work on myself through this journey because that's rooted in pride, really. <laughs> which is not a good attribute, you know, there's a good, there's a, there's a healthy pride that you should have about yourself and the things around you. Yes. But for the most of us, we're operating in a negative pride and unhealthy pride that we should work to overcome. But nonetheless, without going on a tangent, all of it is going to be rooted in fear at some level or another, like, and that fear will cripple you as you, you stated it, that literally says in the Bible, like, you know, um, fear has torment, but mm. perfect love cast out all fear That's so you're good. tormented by this thought where you're enchained because of fear so you have to overcome that and like you said there's so many things the media uh, you know you talk about it's horrific as we just all experienced through the pandemic the COVID-19 it was a horrific experience for the whole world many of us lost loved ones I personally did many of us were hospitalized and sick and Thank you. Uh, many of us were hospitalized, sick, and our, our our whole lives, you know, were impacted to where we were quarantined in the house. Many of many people lost businesses. I mean, there was it was just so many bad things that was negative about that whole situation. Mm. 
And a lot of it was valid to say, hey, we don't really know what's going on. So a lot of us lived in fear, at least at, to some, you know, variation of time. You know, some of us lived in fear the whole time. Some of us are still living in fear because of that. Some of us kind of was able to snap out of it and get over it and realizing, hey, this thing is outside of my control. I can't let it control my life. I have to live my life. Right. So as devastating as it was, you see that there was this constant projection of fear and, and doom and gloom and death that was being portrayed by the media, that was being portrayed by the politicians, that was being portrayed by everyone around us, essentially. And, and like I said, there is a degree of that that was real, that we should have caution because we didn't know really what was what, you know, there's things happening. We should have a level of caution. But we even with something as, as terrible as that, you cannot allow that fear to gripple or, or to cripple you and to keep you from living because we only have one life to live. And, you know, that's my message essentially is that we got one life. We're running out of time every day. So we got to get to it. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so fear will rob you of time. And that's, that's not good at all. So No. And uh, we are running out of time, unfortunately, in this podcast. <laughs> um, and I like, I love your voice because as you said, there's so many media voices from all kinds of directions that are helping us to fear and we don't need any help, but you're helping us to hope. So I know people are wanting, going to get in touch with you. Where can they find you and, and how can they best um, take advantage of the hope that you're giving to people? Oh, absolutely. I appreciate that. My Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media handles, you can find me at the hope spot so it's t-h-e-h-o-p-e-s-p-o-t and that's another play you know in the states of um, the hope man not the dope man from the hope spot not the dope spot you know so you can find the hope man in the hope spot so look for the hope spot on youtube please subscribe we're definitely trying to grow our presence on youtube you know we're on instagram at the hope spot or the hope man uh twitter all so if you find the hope spot you'll find me we're on the Clubhouse app a lot where we get to talk to people in real time. And I also have a book called Running Out of Time, you know, by that title that I just mentioned that will be launching, should be launching at the end of April. So that's a little tentative date, but look out for that, Running Out of Time by the Hope Man. And uh, you can find that information on all the social media handles as well as my website at www.thehopespot.com dot store s-t-o-r-e so the hope spot dot store is the website you can go and leave your email in our newsletter there's a portion where you can drop your email link in our newsletter feed and you'll get updates about everything that's going on and again all across social media we have the hope spot or the hope man so thank you thank you Duane, for being here today and if you'd like to join the facebook dot com slash bible hacks community it's b-i-b-l-e-h-a-x we'd love to hook up with you and be the voices of hope in your life so thanks to Anne. that's